The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. Go! Go! Dallas Cowboys! It is a Victory Monday edition of Talking Cowboys here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco as we are ready to break down the Cowboys' 36-28 win over the Carolina Panthers, the first loss of the year for the Panthers, and the third straight win for the NFC East first place Dallas Cowboys. Of course, talking Cowboys as always, presented by Tostitos, the official chip and the official dip of the Dallas, or excuse me, of the Dallas Cowboys. Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, Rob P. Island, Rob P. Island, the Island, Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Man, we are doing wonderful. We're Why good. is that? Why are you feeling wonderful? Want, what's going on with my mic, man? I can't hear myself, but that's fine. I hope you can. Yeah, we hear you fine. You hear me fine. Yeah, you sound great. <sighs> this is sweet, guys. <laughs> this, is, this is sweet. We took the number one defense and we hauled them out. Right? That number one defense, we hold them out. They came in with 45 yards, averaging rushing number one, rushing defense. And we expanded. We stretched that out a little bit to 98 yards now. Sent them back with that. Mm. Yeah, so I'm sure they're not number one no more. But I'm feeling good. How about y'all? How y'all feel? You trying to tell us something based off of our, our commentary last week? You tr- is, that? is that... It's me? directed, yeah. me? Is yes, that directed at Isaiah. And I've myself? never been subtle at anything in my life. I'm just basically <laughs> just putting this out. That's all. I'm just putting it out there. It's all good. It's all good. How y'all feel? Y'all he's, good? He's, he's saying Carolina was fake news. Yeah. Oh no no. Fake news. First half Carolina, two different teams. Uh-huh. First half Carolina, second ca- second half Carolina, two different teams. I was gonna say first yeah. half we were right. Yes. Yeah. First half Carolina, second half Carolina, two different teams. Dallas, Dallas and Two different the, teams. Two totally different teams. So they teams. changed players. I, they, they, did something. they did something at halftime. <laughs> yeah. Something happened at halftime. I don't, I don't think there's one person who watches that would, would deny that. But it's a win. It's a dub. And, and Dallas came out, and we talked about character. We talked about will. We talked about how that team was going to bring it. All those things were true. Um, both both teams were fighting, you know, man, tooth and nail, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And um, – you know, there was there were some things that were they were, they were going back, they're hidden. You know, we got away with some stuff that that was to our advantage as well. Um, guys made plays and then we finished the game. They didn't finish. We finished. So that's the that was the difference in the game. The first half was the, is about as competitive as I as I expected it to be. And then the second half, one team showed up, the other team decided to stay in the locker room until the midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think I thought we missed some opportunities. I'm sorry, Pete. No, no, I think I think they were they're legit. Their their defense is yeah. really good. And that first half was kind of what we expected. Mm-hmm. A challenge for both offenses. You know, they were challenged without Christian McCaffrey, even though I thought Hubbard did some nice things. That hurt them. And then, you know, they they came after Dak Prescott yeah, in the first did. half with the blitz. And, and the Cowboys were able to counter, do some things better. They got some more takeaways. 
that's been the story of this season. Can we so talk far. about the takeaways? Can I just say share a quote from Zeke real quick? This is the internet, so I guess I can I can say yes, it. Yes, say it. Talking about what happened in the second half, said we knew we had to go take care of business. Mm-hmm. We came hot, mm-hmm. came out with our guns blazing, our, say our piss hot. Yeah, came out ready to go win that football game. <laughs> you know what? That's what a good team does in any sport. Third quarters are always Absolutely. key, and that's the sign of a good team Absolutely. is to come out and say, "Look, we're better than this," and you know they got it done. The offense, I mean, got back to the ground game. The defense and the calling card through the first three weeks of the year was always takeaways. So let's talk about them takeaways. Trayvon Diggs with a pair of interceptions, and that man is on another level right now. You know, we talked about ranking cornerbacks uh, in this league. And, you know, some of us thought that Trayvon Diggs was outside of the top 10, which is cool. Um, But let's break it down. (laughs) Let's break it down with his draft class. All right. Sure. Trayvon Diggs has eight interceptions. His draft class in total, and this is rounds one through four, has eight interceptions. So put that in perspective. When you put some respect on his name and put that in perspective when you talk about T. Diggy. Mm, I like that. Aiden's dad. Aiden's dad. Star of hard knocks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Two interceptions yesterday for Trayvon Diggs. The takeaway is now up to 10 on the year. Five of those belong to Trayvon Diggs from the defensive perspective. And, I mean, flying around the football, I I mean, gang tackling, Mm -hmm. that hasn't been something we've seen in a long time defensively. Sacks, goodness, five yesterday, three of which coming from rookies and the other two coming from Randy Gregory. I mean, yeah. the defense got after it again yesterday, and it was really, really fun to watch. It's dope, it's dope to see. Um, we talked about how, you know, we were talking about Carolina's defense, the fact that they were dangerous because of you didn't know who was going to make the play. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we're really in that same conversation now. It really doesn't matter. We don't. We, we obviously have our guys. Michael Parsons probably had his worst game of the year. I think he, he I think he went up against some grown men, and he kind of found out that there's some guys that can move him around, um, which is good. They, he needs that. He needs that game. Um, but collectively as a unit, we're, we have guys playing, making plays all over the place. Defensive line, how, have we, aside from the first game, have we had a game? Even the first game, we haven't had heel back, right? And we Nope. No, so no gallon we haven't, we no haven't had a game with our entire defense, but yet it doesn't feel like we're missing anything. And that's, and that's a testament to how good this defense is playing. You know, I think what's exciting to your point is I think it was the half sack by two draft picks, mm-hmm. Chauncey Golston, who's finally getting his first playing time, Osa Digizua, yep. and Parsons is middle blitzing and causing that pocket to Taking break down. You got three draft picks. Yep. Doing that, that's dope. Be, and in part because guys are missing. Yeah, just, I mean that's if you're Will McClay, you're sitting back in your your VIP box or wherever you are, and you're smiling at that Jerry yeah. too, yeah. and Steven. Well, Can, and that, I think that kind of goes to the excitement. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, okay. but it is it's the youth that's stepping up. Trayvon Diggs is a second year corner. Mm-hmm. Those three guys on the defensive line and in the front seven are playing lights out right now. Oh, and by the way, you've got a second-year defensive tackle that's not even available at the moment. That's going to come back and play <laughs> pretty good snaps for you overall. The youth yeah. of this defense is starting to play like you would have expected the veterans to start playing like in, in past years, and I think that's what's so exciting from what, you're, what you've had so far. No, Chauncey Golston is it, it. Look, man, it's so refreshing to get a draft pick, and, and you know they were so high on him. Obviously, in OTAs, you saw the way that they were going to use him. I mean, he's a guy with his size and, and speed. You could bump him down to inside, play him on the outside. I mean, his versatility is all over the place. But you know, I just think 
just seeing these guys, Osa Digizu as well, number 97, everything everything about our rookie class, I think it just splashes, especially on the defensive line. Uh, really good to see that. You talk about who we don't have in Hill, Gallimore. We don't have Tank, but yet we're still getting pressure on the quarterback. And, guys, we, we haven't had these multiple sack games. I think we had four sacks all of last year. Mm-hmm. And now we have five in a game. So, I mean, look, we're making a lot about a lot of other defenses, calling them number one, and I think everybody's waiting and reserving their praise for this defense, but I think, man, the proof is in the pudding. You see it. And you mentioned Diggs, and I just wanted to point this out. He's got five picks through four games. That is ties the most since 2009 by a player through the first four games of a season. It was 2009, Darren Sharper, and that was that Super Bowl champion Saints team that – this is what this is reminding me of. I mean, the Saints, had, I think, had the best offense in the league uh, in terms of putting up close to 40 points a game for a lot of that season, and they finished the season second in takeaways with 39. You you combine those two things together, mm-hmm. I mean, how the many games are you going to win? Yeah. 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 Recipe, especially with what we got coming up. So, no, these boys, are, they're, ball, they're balling. These boys are balling. Um, I was really excited, and I told you guys, I, I was anticip- I wanted to see this game more so than I wanted to even see the Tampa game. I was anticipating this game simply because I knew the attitude that Carolina was going to come with. And again, we saw that in the first half, and we matched it. Right? And I said, I, said, I said earlier in the week, I said we either need to match it or we need to exceed their intensity. And I feel like we did it. Well, I think it's what we talked about during the week. Like, and we felt like that was probably the fastest defense they were going to yeah. face. It's a fast defense that flies around. And but they're I think Nick pointed this out during the game they're they're smaller yeah. than we the took Tampa's advantage of front. That. and they, you know yep. Cowboys looked at it and said look they let's just run them over mm-hmm. let's just go after them and I think some people were like well you know maybe they should have run against Tampa Bay I think it's a little bit of a different situation the matchup dictated yeah. hey, this is a Zeke game we we, Zeke we have faced. It. We faced some of the best that the NFL has to throw now right we faced the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers their their defense <laughs> what's up no go ahead man no I got you. Oh, okay. Keep going. Uh, the defense, so Tampa Bay's defense is big. Yep. Yeah. Right? Tampa Bay's defense is big. So New they England pre- did not want to run last night. Yeah, no, no, they no. Did not. So, 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 t- so Tampa Bay presents a problem because they're, they're, they're just large human beings. You're not going to move them off the ball. So you have to approach them differently. So that's why you throw the ball 58 times, even though you really don't want to, because you're not going to move the ball. Then you face the, the Chargers. The Chargers have dudes at every level. Right, they have dudes at every level. They don't necessarily have a whole whole defense that can really take you out, but they have the guys that you have to identify. You better know where these guys are at on the yeah, field. Yeah, Bosa up front. You had Murray yeah, in the middle. And then absolutely, you had, uh, Derwin. Derwin on the backside. Back side. So yeah. that's that that team's different, right? Tampa, everybody can ball, right? Chargers, they have their three guys. You better know where they're at. And all of a sudden, you face, you know, and Philadelphia is whatever. All right, <laughs> and then and then you play Carolina. Now it's like, okay, I don't know who's going to make a play, but these boys can fly around, and we, we saw them boys flying around. But the fact that we have now Seeing Kellen Moore handle and adapt to all those different types of defenses that we face, it makes me feel a lot more secure. I was, I feel like that was the last little box that I needed to see in terms of us being able to match a team that could run around and, and match our speed. Because we have speed. We got guys that can run around. We got some big boys up front. I think we all knew that we were going to try to run the ball because those guys were undersized, right? But we matched that intensity, and, I, and that's the competitiveness. That's the character box that I wanted to see checked off and, and coming up to this game, and I think they checked them all off. Totally agree. You're still laughing. I'm not <laughs> laughing. I'm like, hey. smirking. No, just look, man. I love to see what Ezekiel Elliott did yesterday. Um, Zeke, 
Last we talked about him getting back on track, and you see what happens. Not getting I don't back think on track. He was tra- ever on track, though. You know, yeah. he was he was a five yard average coming into the game. So right now, the Cowboys have a, a a running back tandem that I think everybody has to say, "Wait a minute, man! They can do multiple things." And field position, ball control, as much as everybody wants to get, say this is a passing league, you see what Kellen Moore is doing. He's saying, "Look, man, when we have those games where we can grind it out like we do, and." Dak can play efficiently the way that he did in this game. And it's complimentary football. We love mm-hmm. to use that complimentary football. And, man, I love it when I see it. It's a great team win. I think, you know, I, I, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think we talked a lot, I know at least I do, about Dan Quinn and how I always say he's going to match the personnel. Right? He's not going to try to do the same thing every week. Right? He's going to mix it up, and you're going to have different personnel playing against guys based upon what that team presents. I think we're starting to see that that really started to develop in Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. Right? You think about like old Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was going to run the same freaking thing no matter what team he was facing. It was going to be the same offense. It doesn't matter. This is what we do. And that doesn't work in this league. And I think we're seeing the adaptation of Kellen Moore and his, his ability now to change things up based upon who he's going against. And that is very inspiring to see in his development. And, and let me just say this. And we've had this conversation before about offensive coordinators and they, their scheme. Mm-hmm. They believe in their scheme yep. more than every, anything. And, I, and I, won't, I won't call it arrogance, but these guys get paid to, to be these brain children of, of offense. And There's a tad bit of arrogance to it. But I'm just – yes, I just – Wanted yeah. to save that, yeah. uh, but but you see when they what Kellen Moore is doing. Look, you want to take this away from us? Okay, we're going to give you this instead of just running into the oh, teeth yeah. of that of that defense. And that's the one thing that I think I praise Kellen Moore for coming into and having these game plans that I think allows Dak to work and be the quarterback that we've needed him to be and not try to force something. And I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of people to say he only threw for like 188 yards or something like, but four touchdowns. Look, man, it don't matter. I mean, you could play throw for 500 yards and still lose in this league. That's one of the things (laughs) that gets me so excited is that Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator, like you said, sure, these coordinators are just honed in on their Mm -hmm. schemes. But his is ever-changing. His is evolving. I mean, you're seeing it grow in front of your own eyes. Like I feel like every week the playbook adds on a little bit more as we continue on and on and on. And then you see it unveiled on Sundays or Mondays mm-hmm. or whenever the Cowboys end up playing. I love that. I love that you have a young offensive coordinator that is coming into his own and that is finally finding a rhythm. And also, if you look down the rest of the schedule... Name one defense that scares you as much yeah. as the that, uh, of what you faced the first three week, or four weeks of the season. There's not there's not one. There's I mean, not one. I mean, yeah, there, there's nice some four good. Weeks yeah, coming up. Yeah, there's some good ones, but it's a coordinator's dream. I mean, you, you almost forget about Blake Jarwin, and here he is in the red zone with the touchdown. They just have, and they're not even. I mean, they're missing Michael Gallup. They're missing their right tackle. It's not. It's not perfect it's not a right whole now. Team. Yeah, but Kellen's got a lot to work with right yeah. now, and I think. There is an ego. Th- I mean, Mike McCarthy said it a few weeks ago. Like, it's more fun to call a pass play than a run play. Yeah. For an OC, you can flex your muscles a little bit, you know? But they don't have to do that here. And that's what's so – I mean, and, and there's no ego with Dak Prescott either. I think we talk – we always talk about Zeke, like, you know, he's willing to sacrifice and, and take less touches. Dak, 188 passing yards in this game. He makes more money than anybody. <laughs> and he doesn't seem to care. So it helps when he was you're winning. Surprised by he didn't get 200 yards. Yeah, he, he did at it afterwards. <laughs> he did. I mean, that was a, that's an odd stat line to get 188 yards and four touchdown passes. Only the fifth time in his career he's done that. 
Wow. So. That's pretty imp- impressive. And it, it goes back to what Heckman was saying in, fa- in the fact that you don't have to have Dak Prescott throwing the rock around. No. I mean, you don't have to have that happen because now you're seeing the value of having a guy like Zeke. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked about it before we came on air. This was a game that early on – Carolina came at you. Yeah, buddy. Carolina punched you in the mouth a couple times in that first quarter. Guess what the Cowboys did? Punched back. They punched right Absolutely. back. That's and that important. was what was maybe the most encouraging thing for me yep. to watch yesterday was that punch and counterpunch yeah. that you saw between I, the two sides. I, that's why I was so excited for this game because I knew, I knew that Carolina was going to bring that based upon just their coaching staff. Right, and we talked about the game. Was it going to be a player base or is it going to be coordinator base? Right, which one was going to have the biggest impact? Obviously, the players execute what the coordinators call, but there's a battle on the field and there's a battle up in the box. And I think we saw that too. Um, but in terms of the battle on the field, I, I was I couldn't wait. I was so I was so excited to see how were we going to respond because I knew we were going to get punched in the mouth. How are we going to respond? And I'm, I'm so, I was so excited to see that these guys punch back. That's a physical. It's super half. physical. Damn. But that's what you want to see. Yeah, we yeah. have talent. Yeah, we have great coordinators. But we, what happens when you face that adversity? What happens when, when some things go wrong? What happens when you get busted in the mouth, you get popped, and you fumble the ball two times in the first quarter? Right? Those are the things that you want to see you bounce yourself, your team bounce back from, and that's what happened. The boys came back. And now, all of a sudden— now you can say these boys, these boys are ready to take on, take it on. You could have laid down there and yeah. you didn't. Absolutely, and that was a huge thing for well, the other Cowboys team did to answer the, the, other, the other, other team, team did, did right. Other, other team, team did. did. He All can't right. stop smiling. It's a good day. No, it, he's looking at me. He's, like, he's basically, I, I told you, is what he's saying. Because, <laughs> and you know what? You're right. You're right. I think Carolina is legit. I think they're going to compete to win their division. I really do. Yep. But. It was an early sample size, okay? And it, <laughs> it was, and it, it was two, halves. And it was two no, halves. It was two halves, yeah. for sure. But it did. I mentioned a game uh, a few years ago that it reminded me of, it's still early, it was that 2016 Green Bay game. Mm. Green Bay was averaging only 42 yards allowed on the ground to that point. It was historic low through the first four games of the season. Zeke hit them with 157 in that game. Mm. And I, that's what I mean. They had not run into an offense quite like this. And they may not run into an offense this good Thanks. the whole year. Thanks. We'll see. That might have been a cow bite right there. I like that. I like that. Mm, they haven't oh. run into an Heck, offense right. like the Dallas oh, Cowboys. Right. Oh. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more on the defensive side of the football and, and just exactly what has been successful for Dan Quinn and some of the different schemes that we saw yesterday. And did we see that Michael Parsons – well, he's good on both the linebacker and the, the defensive line a couple different times yesterday, but he also had a couple learning moments in that win over Carolina. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Talking Cowboys. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. 
The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's a victory edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Tostitos. And want to give a shout out to our great friends over at Caliber Collision. It's a great people, great pay replay. You've heard that Jason Witten has joined the Caliber Collision team. If you want to join him to do great work with great people for great pay, you can apply now at jobsatcaliber.com. That is jobsatcaliber.com. Second segment here on this Monday. Everybody feeling great. Feeling great, Heckma Harrison. Feeling good. Billy. How about you, Isaiah Stanley? Billy good, Joe. Feeling good. Rob Phillips. Wonderful. All but smiles over on Rob's side of things. And Kyle Yeomans here. And we're breaking down the defense a little bit. And the physicality from the defense is certainly something to be excited about. I want to ask you really quickly, though. Clean or not clean on DeMonte KZ's hit? Because that was the hardest hit of the year by far from this defense, and there was a flag thrown on it. That was, that was about as clean as a baby's bottom. I thought so, too. <laughs> yeah, that was clean. I know some baby bottoms that are not clean. (laughs) (laughs) Cleaner than the Board of Health. You know what? But I think what happens, though, in football is they just, like, over-legislate certain things. And they just just calling it, calling it, calling it. And you see that in, like, in in college – and the college has the replay that they do, but anytime there's like a ooh hit, it's oh, it's just automatic foul, targeting. A guy has to go sit on the sidelines. Hey, look, man, that I don't know how much better that was textbook. I mean, and especially when you played in the league and you know guys can mm-hmm. clean your clock in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that quarter Sam Donald just threw him into a headache. It was a medicine ball. You ask me, they set us up for that 15 yards, mm. man. <laughs> he threw them into. It was on purpose. There's been a couple calls like that all year, in our, in our favor and against us. It's, it's been both ways this year. It's, it's, the referees just it has. trash, no. man. But, but, but when Dalton Schultz, when he fumbled that second time, I had that feeling like, man, your carriage is about to turn to a pumpkin because mm. that's two on you in the and, same drive. In the yeah, like within and, four same plays, quarter, yeah. boy, that was that was bad. He man, favor ain't fair. He got it on that, right? Yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah, the Cowboys caught a break on that one. I, I just wanted to bring up the KZ hit because I thought it was clean. Isaiah, Barry, Nate Newton almost lost his mind in the studio because we were all like, that's a clean hit, and that shouldn't have been flagged. But yeah. KZ, I mean, he almost had an interception yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's played Carolina more than anybody on that Cowboys defense during his time yeah, with the Yeah, definitely, Falcons. right? He's He was familiar with them. Definitely. Even with the new look, he was familiar with what they speaking, were doing. Speaking so. of the safety secondary, do we have any updates on um, Curse? On Curse... Uh, I don't think he, he was not on the injury wise. Yeah, uh, there was he nothing. He came back in again. Yeah, he, he came, came back, back in again. Mm-hmm. Only guys listed coming out were Amari with the hamstring that he played through. Um, Brandon Knight had a illness, non COVID related, 
and I don't think he he wasn't available. And then uh, Diggs mm. with, with back spasms. Uh, with back spasms. It was, yeah, it was called player management, yeah. I guess, from, during the broadcast. Yeah, but yeah. they it was something that popped up in the first half. Can we address anybody who's questioned how tough uh, Coop is? Can, there's a lot of people out there that feel like Coop is soft. Or, you know, and I and I know Coop came out and made that statement earlier this year, and he's really standing behind that in terms of I can't be the best in the league if I don't play. When this boy tweaked his hammy in the first quarter, and for anybody who's never tweaked a hammy before, usually that's you you gotta take you gotta sit down. Yeah. yeah. You know, regardless of how how bad how how you yeah. do it. If you tweak it, it's it's tweaked and it is gonna stay there. I was very surprised to see him come back in the game. We talked about it in the studio. I was like, yeah, he's he's done. He tweaked it. Yeah, yep. he's, he's out. It's a hammy. You got to go out. And then next thing you know, he comes back in. And the whole time, I was holding my breath. I'm like, oh, crap. All right? Oh, shoot. Hopefully he doesn't he do anything. He ran that one route. He went that run route. It was, it was double, like a yeah, curl. It was a double like, move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, double move. Yeah. And then, But then you turn around and he's gassing on C.J. Henderson. I'm like, this dude is playing through a hammy tweak. Like, how? And he burned CJ. Yeah, yeah with a bad hammy. <laughs> right. And I'm like, how's he doing that? So for everybody out there that has question marks about the heart and resilience of Coop, stop it. I asked McCarthy about it last night, and he said he had told the guys on Saturday night, team meeting, everybody get there a little early, you know, just kind of take care of business, get ready to play. He said Amari was the first one first one there. He said, I was the second one there. Amari was there first. Hmm. And that's a guy, wow. I mean, guy dealing with cracked rib, trying to get himself – Ready to play, and then something pops up first first drive, and he's able to play through it. Man, that's yeah, that's it's impressive. And have a touchdown pass, and be the team's leading receiver in a yeah. game where you did you didn't really have a ton of options in the passing game. C.D. Lamb was blanketed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Great coverage from the the Carolina defense, and then of course Dak, the way that he was swallowed up in that first half, really had to get it yeah. underneath to try and complete a couple passes, but. I want to go back to the defense here. And you mentioned Jaron Curse, another solid game from Curse yeah. physically. And, and honestly, I think it's getting to the point where you're questioning whether or not when Donovan Wilson comes back, if Ooh. he's got a job Ooh. at the moment, right? Ooh. Do you, am I the only one thinking that because of the way that Curse is playing and the way that he's able to cover? I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. With this defense and Dan Quinn's approach, I think everybody's out there. If you're if you're on the if you're you're on the active the 48 active whatever it is then you're playing. You see that with at the other safety yeah. spot with KZ yeah. and Hooker. These guys I are agree. rotating through. I don't think there's too many positions that we could just say they're starter. In, yeah, you're a starter and you start the whole rest of the game. These guys are rotating through and everybody's having an impact. And that's when we talk about this culture of competitiveness and you know and and everybody wanting to wanting to have a have a part in it. Like mm-hmm. I want to get in on this. Let me make a play. Like all right, get in there. Cool. All right, make a play. Solid. All right, now, now I'll get you in rotation now. You have to earn your keep around here. And if you don't earn your keep, then you can find yourself not suiting up. Right. Mm. I think we may have underestimated Jerron Curse <laughs> in the acquisition of him in free agency. I agree. We may have looked at him as just the special team's ace, and he's proven us that he has more than just that, especially in this run-pass option uh, league that we're in. When you have a 6'4", 210-pound guy that can seal the edge, blitz, and also cover a tight end, he's just special. And I think the difference between him and Wilson and the sample size that we've gotten from him is just kind of showing us that, look, he may be – Someone that can be should be elevated, but you're right. In this culture, everybody's going to get an opportunity uh, to play, and you saw that yesterday with some of the younger guys getting some burn at the end of the uh, fourth. And they play this big nickel a lot, so 
<clears throat> Curse had 67 snaps in the game. Ooh. KZ didn't come off the field at 68. Wow. And Hooker's in for 28. So Yo, that's a lot of plays. That's a lot. And he was man, he was so active around the line of scrimmage too. Plays. But yeah, I think there's a rotation there, and the way he plays his safeties, there's a chance for Donovan to come in and keep. Play. I keep mean, they, his physicality. I think that's only another layer that he can add when he comes back. But you have this is the most safety depth what it looks like through four games that they've had in I don't know how long. And defensive line depth. And linebacker depth. Yep. All and the cornerback depth. <laughs> yeah. There's depth. And like I said, it, it, I think it all goes back to that culture, man. Obviously the obviously the scouting department and what they did in the draft and, and offseason acquisitions, awesome. But we've seen it where we've had the players. Right. We've seen it where we had the players. Getting the players to buy in, two different things. Imagine having Neil back in in this situation with the way that the linebackers are playing. Yeah. I think LVE had a couple reps with tight ends where he was trying to cover running backs where it didn't look too good. Yeah, but you know, you gotta you you want your defense to get that pressure, basically, and we were not able, so it kind of exposed some of those weaknesses, but back to what you were saying about Micah, I felt like, yeah, Michael, Micah has his rookie moments where mm-hmm. you see him may get caught up in the wash, but everything he's doing is going forward. Oh, he's yeah, trying, yeah, yeah. he's and, and, and what I'm saying is, as far as getting that penetration in the middle of the defense, mm-hmm. the way that he attacks the run, then you see him get out on the edge and still get pressure and hits on the quarterback. I like that. Yeah, no, I, I think everything you're saying, I am, we talked about it in the break. Micah, I, I, want, I don't want everybody to think that he had a bad game. Let me, let me not say that. I say he had his worst game so far. That's, that's, that's still saying that he had a good game. Yeah. Like he's been balling. He's been for those first three weeks. Um, he just didn't impact the game and the way that most fans see it. I mean, let me put it that way. Most fans see the sacks. Most fans see the pressures, right? They don't see all the other elements most of the time that the analysts do in terms of him running stunts in front of, in the sense of him running blitzes and, and taking two offensive linemen, allowing his other guys to run their stunts and come free, right? Those guys are doing their, their job, yeah. but they don't, they don't, they're not just coming free because guys forgot about them. They're coming free because one of the other guys took the attention of the offensive linemen. So <laughs> Parsons affected the game drastically in other ways. Um, I think that he had been physically dominant through those first three weeks, and I think he he there was a couple times I know we were in the studio watching. He run he ran up against some grown men uh, yesterday, and you got to see that startle on his face like crap. I can't <laughs> I can't dog everybody. It's like yeah okay, welcome to the NFL, you know. But I mean he's not he's no he's no punk, so he ain't gonna back down. But uh, I mean yeah, but every like to your point, you have those rookie moments. You wake up and you find out okay, I gotta. I'm gonna have to change my approach on this on this gentleman right here because he you know, he been in the weight room a couple more days than me. What I liked about it was he only he played all but two snaps. That's he play, a lot. He played, now there you go. He played 68 snaps, and so what do you mean? You mean you get more snaps at linebacker than pl- at DN? He played damn near. I bet he played snaps? double what he played yeah. last week. Yeah, it's probably true. It's Thirty more snaps. Because what what was it? Thirty seven last 37, week. Thirty seven. Thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. And where do you think he was most ineffective? If you're saying that this is the worst of the games that he has, was it at end or was it at linebacker? I think ineffective. At the end. Okay. Yeah, ineffective at the end. The reason why, because he, he affects the game more at linebacker. Even though he may not be the person making the plays, he's enabling other people to make plays. But when, when he's at the linebacker position, he can rush, mm-hmm. right? he can blitz, he can cover, he can hit anybody across the middle. Mm-hmm. And he plays 68 snaps instead of 38. Just to play devil's advocate Disagree. here. <laughs> Just to play devil's advocate here. You're saying the game in which he played linebacker and more snaps, a.k.a. yesterday, uh-huh. was his worst game of the year. In terms of him, in but terms he of was his, more in effective. In terms of his stat line. 
Okay. That's what I'm talking about, stat line. That's why I went back and clarified stat line. Okay. Right? What most people see as success, right? But in terms of football-wise, I think he played a good game. He just got out physical. No, I I completely yeah. understand what you're saying, but the way that you're wording it, I think is that, no, you're wording it right. He's affecting every part yeah. of the game. When he lines up over the center, yeah. Sam Donald has to take account Absolutely. for number 11 being over there. If Absolutely. he's on the right side of the defensive end, the whole offensive line has to Absolutely. understand where number 11 is. Yeah. And other guys are definitely getting their numbers up based off of where yeah. number 11 is from the yeah. opposite side. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And the whole front seven benefits from having a guy behind him. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the five sacks yesterday. And going back to what you were saying yes, or earlier in the first segment, 31 sacks all year last year for the Cowboys. They had five yesterday. If they continue that, that's on that's on pace for 85 sacks in a year. That's not going to happen. You said they had 31 sacks They had 31 year? sacks last year as a team. 31. The Cowboys had five yesterday, but if they keep up the current pace, they're on pace for over 40. So wow. there's a chance they could continue upping that, especially if they have five mm-hmm. sacks a game and they're able to get pressure. And they did that yesterday without Demarcus Lawrence again, without Dorrance Armstrong again, without Carlos Watkins, without Keona Neal on the backside. I mean, the front seven is still getting to the football, and they made things tough in that second half for Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I, I want to go back and watch it, but I feel like he be, just became a rusher in the fourth quarter. They yeah. just they just said, look, we're, we got the big lead. We're just going to let you tee off. And I, what I love is when – I don't I got to see back how many times they did it, but when they overload one side, they put Gregory yeah. Parsons on the same side. Oh, that's, that's not fair. That's a problem, dude. <laughs> like that's – I just love what Quinn is doing in terms of Me moving too. guys around, yeah. um, changing up different looks. And, and, look, they got burned sometimes. You know, the first half, Darnold's legs beat them. You know, and and they they would move Micah down, and then they might they give up a couple runs. And they put him back at linebacker to kind. Of, I don't know mm-hmm. if he's spying mm-hmm. or if he's just kind of there covering backs out of the backfield. I just like him doing that because it means he's on the field all the time. Yep. They're not they're not worried about his his uh, his reps or his GPS Snap or count. whatever. Yep. They're just saying like just go out and play, get after, it. yeah. Be a hybrid guy. What did you think about Randy Gregory? We haven't had a chance to talk about him yet. Two sacks yesterday, third multi sack game of his career. I mean, he got after it again, and he finished on a couple of occasions in big-time moments in the first half. That's what you asked for. I mean, I think that's what everybody expects. Obviously, he's been through a lot these past few years, and um, he's yes. worked his way back to where he is now. Um, I think he's you can see his maturity even in his interviews. You can yeah. see his growth um, mentally. Um, and, and when you're mentally prepared and you're mentally there – Fit your physical just follows when you're uh, when you're built like him. He's a physical specimen, so um, you know when he he looks like he's in a good a good mindset and it's showing on the field. I mean, nobody physically can stop him as long as he's as long as he's mentally ready to roll. I completely agree. It's a testament to his hard work, yeah. and you see it. I mean, he's fresh. Um, whatever was ailing him, I know he had a knee or something like that coming into the game, but it didn't look like it limited mm-hmm. anything that he was doing. Uh, Quinn, as you stated, that means he's, he's changing up his looks. Those stunts that it just looked like the Panthers couldn't deal with it. And 94, man, I, I love seeing those, having those redemption stories like that, man, because he played his tail off. And it wasn't so much of the sacks, that it was the pressure as well. And they had to account for him and they had to account for Mike but there were other guys that got in on the act as well. Mm-hmm. Man, Terrell Basham. Yeah. We've been waiting on Basham, and he's he's proving uh, his worth in, in, through free agency, man. He's just – a lot of guys that we've been counting on are having those good games, and whether it be Kazee, whether it be Curse, and safeties making big plays, that's just – man, it's just awesome to see this defense playing like this and just completely being remodeled from last year. You mentioned toughness with uh, Amari. Randy – 
did that too because he was saying Friday, I mean, he was questionable for the game. He was always going to play, I think, but he's had some some swelling in his knee after every game this year. It's been swollen up on him, something they got to treat. He said mm-hmm. it goes back to he's been kind of dealing with stuff like that since Nebraska. So, mm-hmm. And he, there was a point during the game where he came out and he looked like he was favoring something. So I'm just saying, I thought he showed some toughness in the game, too, because he, he played it less yeah, than I mean, It's a physical game, dude. Yeah. I mean, and you knew that going into it. You knew you were going to come out bruised up. Yep. <laughs> you knew you were going to come out bruised up. So the fact that these guys are pushing through is just a testament, man, to not only how tough they are, but, again, they want to be out there. Right, last year guys didn't want to be out on the field. I'm sorry to say that it's a different. It wasn't team. fun. No, you're it wasn't right. fun, right? When you, it's a lot easier to stay on the sideline when it's not fun. Say it with right? your chest. Yeah. So I mean, that's just the reality. If guys are, if your team's getting scraped up and is and your team's kind of sucks and things aren't going your way and, and there's no culture, then uh, uh, this oh oh this thing hurts a little bit more. <laughs> uh, uh, I, need, I need another series, right? But when you're when you guys when you're out there having fun and you got a defensive you know coordinator like Quinn who's just dialing stuff up and you're having success and guys. Guys love playing with each other, and there's a this this culture. Of just the boys are hanging out. You don't want to miss out on that, right? You don't want to miss out on this. So you're like, hey, 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 hurry up, take this up, so I can hurry up and get back out there. Like, let's go, hurry this thing up. I don't want to miss this. Curse. He, he, he just called the such and such blitz. We worked on this all week. I want to go out there and run this, you know. So there's a there's the excitement around it. And when, again, when you're when it gets to this level, when everybody's playing well and things are going like that, it's there's an expectation, right? The expectation level raises, not only from the outside, but from the inside. And it turns more, it turns from work to all of a sudden I'm playing with my partners. I'm playing with my boys, right? And that's when it's fun. That's when it's fun. That's when you see these guys jumping around and celebrating each other's plays. Like, everybody has fun. You've been waiting to see those three come together. The, yeah. the talent, yep. which you've thought you've had talented players on this roster for the last couple of years. You've been waiting for the talent to come together. You've been waiting for the coaching staff to come together and have some confidence in your coaching staff. You have that now. Yeah. And you've also wanted that will and that brotherhood that you can see yep. physically on the field. Yep. And that's happening right yep. now. That's what's exciting Culture. about this, te- this season. Culture. And we've also got some Smelly stickers to give away when we come back on the other side of the break. It's week three in a row for Smelly Stickers when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks 
free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Wow, look at those Essilor lenses. <laughs> see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more. Essilor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Those look good. Yeah, man. Nice and crystal. <laughs> nice and crystal. Is that what you said? Your mic's like halfway across the room right now. Because my mic, did you see my mic talk? I, said, I saw the my mic, mic talk. talks. I, I, I got to bring it back like Prince. You know what I'm saying? You got to bring it back. <laughs> I didn't want to see oh, me to get jealous. Castles around the table. Yeah, can we pass those back? Castles around the table. I love these SLR lenses. I had to give Isaiah a try. My daughter's getting her SLR lenses, I think, next week. I'm excited. How did her appointment go? Was it Amazing. That's People good. at SLR are awesome. They took care of my baby girl. Mm-hmm. That's my, my pride and joy. They, they took good care of her. I put her, in, put her in good hands, and they took care of her. Nice. Yeah. I love that. All right. Cowboys have been good in good hands the last couple weeks. We've given out a total of eight. Smelly stickers so far. If you want to take this camera right here, Chris Beasy, I might show this off a little bit. There's eight of them at the moment. We've, we've put numbers on all of them. The fans got a smelly sticker last week because AT&T Stadium was rocking. Kellamore with the KM up here. And then uh, whatever player's jersey number got the smelly sticker. I went last last week, so I'll go ahead and start it off this week. I'm going to give my smelly sticker to the offensive line as a whole. Because mm. I feel like they answered the bell in the second half. That third quarter, it, they had a good drive in the first. I, I remember, and I tweeted this out, that second drive of the ball game, there was a little bit of swagger from that offensive line. They went down the field. They stormed down. They, they punched Carolina in the mouth a couple times. And they opened up a, a really, really strong drive for the first score of the game for the Cowboys. Um, well, they continued that into the third quarter, and they didn't let up. So I'm going to give it to the entire offensive line, Terrence Steele, Tyler Biotis, Zach Martin, Connor Williams, and Mr. Tyron Smith. Those are my smelly sticker honorees today. All right. Well, I'm going to give my smelly sticker to a guy that has been taking a lot of heat. Taking the heat. A lot of heat and a lot of hate. Mm. And, uh, man, he showed up at AT&T Stadium with his spoon in his pocket, <laughs> and he came to eat, had a 47-yard uh, long run that he should have should have tapped that off with, topped it off with a touchdown. But that's all right. We got we to gotta trust those Jets. But Ezekiel Elliott is balling out, and your smelly sticker is an apple because all of a sudden you are the apple of everyone's eye. Oh, look at that. I like it. Smelly sticker. Go, Zeke. There you go. Isaiah Stan backs next. Uh, all right, y'all. Well, I am rolling with this cupcake. <laughs> and the reason why I'm going with the cupcake. Got sprinkles on it too. Ooh, sprinkles! Oh, sprinkle sprinkle on the cupcake. I love my sprinkles on the cupcakes. Um, the reason why I'm going with the cupcake is because these offensive coordinators were Ooh. salt baying that thing. Sprinkling yeah, it on. They're sprinkling on that thing. Uh offensively, defensively. 
and special teams didn't do anything ridiculous. So uh, we are, I'm giving that to all the coordinators. They showed up and showed out. Mm, all the coordinators, even all John Fossil. Even Fossil gets in there. <laughs> even Fossil. They because of nothing ridiculous. They, yeah, because of nothing ridiculous. We can't wrap this up without the man who's doing some damn Dion things, right? You're darn mm. right. Trayvon Diggs. Digging. Most interceptions. He, you got to go back to 2014, the last time any Cowboys player had five interceptions in an entire season. My God. Bruce Carter, at linebacker. So the past few years, the wow. most picks they've had in an entire year have been three picks, two picks. Jeff Heath, two picks. You know, really impressive start. It's awesome. And it's, it's funny. I mean, Cowboys had a first round grade on him in a weird draft where guys teams didn't have the evaluations because of COVID and that that draft is looking better and better by the day especially in the first two or three rounds. Will McClay has said it before about that draft class about the 2020 draft and how it kind of played out with CD Lamb and company and how he ended up falling in their lap but he said that there were a couple guys outside of C.D. Lamb that they liked at 17. He never really specified who those two guys were. There were a couple guys they had had their eyes on. If it wouldn't have been Lamb, if the Falcons would have taken Lamb at 16 instead of taking the, the corner from Clemson. And I'm wondering if Trayvon Diggs was one of those names. No, he was. Was he? Yes. Okay. He was in, he was in conversation in the first round. At 17. I, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, he was right in that mix. That They had a grade on him there, and I know for a fact beyond that, if he wasn't there in the second round, Gallimore might have been the pick there too. Like they, It was one of those drafts like in your fantasy draft where you're, you know, you're just like, why, why are these guys falling to me? You know, that's, that's what it was like. And I, I wonder how much of it had to do with it was just a weird draft with yeah. no combine, Zoom calls with meetings, and the Cowboys were ready, and they, they took advantage, man. When they knocked it out of the park last uh, in 2020, and at least through four weeks of the year, it's still early on. It's a small sample size, just one quarter of the year. But they look like they knocked it out of the park in 2021 as well in terms of the draft and, and what they did because you had two third-rounders making plays with Chauncey Golston, Osa Digizua, Michael Parsons, of course, the first-rounder. You haven't even had Kelvin Joseph back. We talked about corner depth. He hasn't even been back yet. Hadn't even had Kelvin Joseph. Right. And once he does come back, he's going to have some competition in that corner room because that's going to be fun to watch. AB played well He did play too. really well. And how many interceptions did Byron Jones have in his career? I think two, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> two? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Wow. Jump out of the cake as we wrap up talking Cowboys. That's going to do it for us here on this Victory Monday. Hope you guys had some fun. And the Cowboys win it over the Carolina Panthers, 36-28, the final score. Tomorrow we're taking phone calls. We've got phone calls on the way, so get those questions ready. And we're going to talk to you guys in Talking Cowboys Nation tomorrow. But for Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, Chris Beam in the back, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. Thanks for joining us here on Talking Cowboys presented by Tostitos. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?